Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Hello and welcome to the seventh Christmas episode of the podcast Living with Maida Lee. I'm one of the hosts, Liam. The other host is Andrew. Good evening. Good evening. Um, yeah, how's things, mate? Very good. We're we're feeling festive. We're we're actually recording this in December now, so we are yeah, we are in yeah. a festive spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just and this is a good one. We we probably should have done this as one of the first ones, really, because it's a bit more festive, isn't it? This is Christmas top of the pops. Well, we're trying to get more festive as we go along. We've got a couple of surprises coming up. Um, and then after Christmas, we're, we're going to drop it and go to some New Year stuff, aren't we, I think? Yeah, so the 12 Days of Maidley will actually take us right up to New Year. And there might be yeah. a little bit of New Year stuff in there, snuck in there at the end. But yeah, all good. Um, we've picked five songs each. The stipulation was they have to have played live on Top of the Pops. Um, yeah, so if people are saying, why don't you pick this? So, for instance... There'll be no, I don't know, just before we start, actually, um, there's a thing going around called Whamageddon, um, yeah, which I was talking to you about earlier. And that is how far into December can you get without hearing Last Christmas by Wham? That's the only rules. Um, and you will not be hearing that here because. Yeah, we're not going to ruin it. Lots. We're not going to spoil Whamageddon. And that's that's natural, by the way. We we just haven't, we couldn't have picked it. It's not on top of the pop. So. Not on top of the pop. So if people are saying, where's McCartney? Can't have him. Where's Elton? Can't have him. Where's I believe in Father Christmas? Can't have it. My favourite, one of my favourites is Christmas rapping, but I brought this up with Eggy and Travelling in the pub last night, and um, they both laughed their heads off at me, but I think that's a cracking Christmas song. Mm. And, sorry, just back to that Whamageddon. Is that a Major Charles thing? We should probably give him a no, shout. No, 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 it's not. He's, he's, he, I, don't oh, think right. he's, I don't think he's created this. I saw him share it, but I don't think he's created it, but I'm happy to give him credit for it. Sort of thing he's come up with, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's good anyway. So yeah, I've I've not heard it yet, so I'm still live in one again. And what about you? Uh, yeah, 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 I've not heard it yet. I mean, it's only first, like as we're recording this, so it'd be a bit weird if we had. But by the time you're listening to this, I'd love to know how many people have actually listened to it. Have Should you we just get on? Armageddon? Yeah, did you pass the challenge? Did you pass the challenge? Should we just get on? We normally do like a little yeah, bit of yeah, a yeah. little intro thing, but fuck it, we'll just start because I want to get the elephant <clears throat> in the room out of the way with my first pick and all i'm going to say is what well, i'm not going to play a clip from this for obvious reasons but what what's christmas without a bit of glitter and yeah it's gary glitter uh my first choice um another rock and roll christmas now bear with me liam you know why we're going to pick this we had a bit of a debate whether it should be acceptable hear me out yeah i know you're not you're not so happy about this right for a start it's a fucking good christmas song um but the reason I picked it is because the first record I ever bought, 1989, was Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. And it was their Christmas mix, uh, which I'm sure you remember. I think you had it, did you? I, I know of it. I don't know if I had it. The, the first thing I bought was a a record um, single, and that was Jive Bunny and the Master Mix. But it wasn't the Christmas one. Right. Yeah, this one's called Let's Party. Uh, and this was the third single uh, released by Jive Bunny, and it topped the UK singles charts. This my only vinyl. I love this. And one of my favourite bits in the entire thing, uh, in the entire like Master Mix Let, Let's Party single, was another rock and roll Christmas. Obviously, following Gary Glitter's convictions, 
You don't hear it anymore, this song, for good reason. But I think that actually, this is what I think, right? This is my argument. I think it adds to the to the song because you, <laughs> it's got the festive smell of glitter, as I said. But um, I, I think because you don't hear it as much, obviously it gets yeah, boring. Yeah. When you get to our age, you, you're sick of hearing the same Christmas songs every year. It's like, here we fucking go every single year. But you don't hear this anymore. So when I was going through Top of the Pops performances, look, and I, and I saw Glitter and I thought, I can't have it. Then I thought, you know what? I've not listened to this song for so long. And I put it on and I thought, I'm having it. I'm absolutely having well, it. Well, yeah, when you said you were going to have it, I thought, I better listen to it. it. It is a good song. It's just a massive shame it was done by Mr. Gary Glitter. Well, number seven, it got to on the singles charts. Um, and it was, it was Gary Glitter's most successful song uh, since 1975. This came out in 1984. Um yeah, it gave him like a bit of resurgence in popularity, but it was his final top 40 hit. In the Jag Bunny thing, by the way, you, you mentioned this earlier. I, I listened to the Let's Party uh, single, and it had All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. And I thought, that doesn't work, because that came out in 94, Mariah Carey. That's another one we won't be having, by the way, because she never performed uh, yeah. on top of yeah. the pops. Um, and, but you were right. Because you, you, I said, See, it can't be the original single then. But you said, I wonder if they've put Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You you know, it, where the Gary Glitter song could have been, and that's exactly what they've there done. You go. There so detective you detective work from me there. So we're not going to play it. You could check it out if you want. We don't. I don't know how royalties work, but if you know, I don't know. Gary could Glitter you play anything. it? Uh, give me a minute. Hang on. Get the old. Get the, the guitar. Old six, get the old six stringer. I've got my cap on. Hang on. If you just play a little snippet. We won't owe him any royalties, will we? Another rock and roll Christmas, another Christmas rock and roll. Presents hanging from the tree, you'll never guess what you've got from me. Love that line. That's all you're getting, by the way, but I love that line. Um, oh, I thought you were going to go into the chorus. Yeah, no. That is the chorus, isn't it? Rock and roll. Oh, right, well, yeah, okay. The bit I'll again after that. Stay up late, so excited, bacon. It's a fucking good song, so, you know... Obviously, we don't condone <laughs> Gary Glitter, but there's there's loads of there's a there's a Facebook group by the way called um, uh, Respect the Music or something like that, and it's all about like Gary Glitter fans who still yeah, love his yeah. music. And it's we've talked about this before about you know is it all right to listen to Lost Profits? It's a good debate, I think. I've heard people debating like whether they can separate Morris's music from his sort of politics yeah. and views. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like, it's yeah. a fine line. It's a fine line, but yeah. But that's um, my, that's good, my good first Christmas that's choice. A, yeah, it's a good song. What's your number number one, William? Well, it's not my. I've not ranked them, but my no, first one is a song that was released November 1983. It only actually got 15 in the charts. Um, All right. But I, I don't know whether it's kind of gained popularity over time. It's one I really like, and it is. I'll play the clip first. The children will sing You'll be back at Christmas time I'm surprised I only got to that to number 15, actually. To be honest, it was never really one of my favourites, but but I was aware of it, and then I, I went to see Cara Dillon at Buxton, and she did a version of it, and I thought, actually, it's a really good song. So I've kind of gone back and revisited it, and it, it is brilliant. 
It'll never not be funny using Cora Dillon at Buxton. I don't know why, just the Buxton bit at the end is absolutely amazing. I don't, yeah, I don't know why you find that as entertaining. I, as I like Buxton. You know, I've been to Buxton, I think I've been with you, but I don't know, Cora Dillon at Buxton. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, um, just good all-round song. I think it's uh, it's not one of these kind of, what would I say, sort of Christmas by numbers where they've just churned out a melody. I think it's a little bit cleverer than that. I think it's... Um, it's one of those, I think you've got one actually in your list mm. that wasn't a Christmas song, but that kind of became popular at Christmas. And and this feels, yeah. other than the line in it, he'll be back for Christmas time. It, it doesn't feel like it necessarily has to be a Christmas song. And I quite like that. It's not some of the cliched stuff that you get this time of year. I, I agree with you that I think it's really horrible that you, well, I used to love Christmas songs, like up until about 1920. And then I think, you know, they just become too oh here we go again we've heard it again but this is the one of the ones i think that you don't hear that much which is probably why i quite like it i think as well if you heard this saying in march i think you wouldn't instantly sort of be what what they're playing this for this time of year yeah i think you could sort of be quite happily sing along to it without realizing it was a christmas song until you got to the, the sort of Christmas lyric, but the Christmas time. Yeah, it's from, like uh, from the album yeah. Learning to Crawl. I, I don't know anything else by the Pretenders, if I'm honest. Which oh, I, you do. I'll stand by you. I do, yeah, I do. Over nobody hurts you. What else did they do? They've, they've done, they've done a few songs. They probably do know loads of their songs, if I'm honest. But that's, I wouldn't have been able to name one if if you hadn't said that then. Um, yeah, they covered uh, "Stop Sobbing" by. Uh, what they called uh, the Kinks. I remember them doing that live aid. Um, Chris, yeah. Behind uh, very distinctive vocals. Um, oh, brass yeah. in my pocket. That's the biggest one, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Make you, make you, make you love me. I knew that was him. Yeah, no, good song. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, my second one. I have got a clip for this because, as far as I know, this guy's not a convicted pedophile. So um, this is my number two. And this is a stop the cavalry. <laughs> Is this the um, one you were talking about yeah. when you said, yeah, it's yeah. not really so, so if my song. sort of vague trivia is correct, this wasn't written as a Christmas song. Interesting that, because he, yeah, basically, he, Jonah Lewis, this is obviously, he said it wasn't meant to be a Christmas song, as you said, and, and it was dismissed by Stiff Records uh, founder Dave Robinson. He just said, oh, this is just another anti-war song. And he said, Jonah Lewis said, uh, there's one line about the soldier being on the front line and missing his girlfriend, which says, obviously, I wish I was at home for Christmas. He said the record company picked up on that one line, added a bell, which weren't in the original version, and just released it, you know, as a Christmas hit. He said it was never intended to be a Christmas hit, and it was just a protest song. Clever marketing. Really good. Yeah. Number three. uh, When uh, Tilly, my eldest daughter, was really young, she always used to ask for this one on and used to sort of march up and down. So, yeah, the 1980 this word got kept off the number one spot and number two spot by the same artist, John Lennon, who was murdered on the 8th of December in a 1980. Hail of in a hail of, cut down in a hail of bullets. <laughs> cut down in a hail of bullets. Uh, in, 
on December, uh, yeah, Mike Barry quote for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we cut down on a hail of bullets in December 1980. Otherwise, this would have got to number one. But if I'm right, I believe the number one would have been Imagine. I think uh, December 1980, uh, and then probably Woman would have been the other one from John Lennon. So you're not a fan of Imagine at all, are you? Just on a bit of a tangent. Imagine, no, no, yeah. I don't think it's very good. I, I'm all McCartney. I like my, I like my sort of bouncing melodies. I think Lennon's done some good stuff, but I also think he's done some very overrated stuff. Imagine all the people. Yeah, so he, he missed out. Um, but yeah, really good song there. So he's one of those again that I don't get bored of, um, and I think it's because it's not really a Christmas song, other than that bells bit. Um, so yeah, good song. What's your number two? Number two. Really famous one. Um, it's sort of, yeah, I'll, I'll play it anyway. It's Do They Know It's Christmas? Let's play the song. Feed the world. Is it uh, this is the original, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, this, this is, yeah. Although. This made me sort of throw the whole thing into doubt because obviously we both picked songs that, that were performed live on Top of the Pops, but yeah, well, actually, none of them are performed live, are they? Because you couldn't do live on Top of the Pops. Well, um, no, not live, but they just turned up, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. They, they bothered to turn up, so they get on this podcast episode. But what's instantly obviously people come along and mine, but what's funny on this is some of the people aren't there, so yeah, you've just got you've got Paul Young. Um, you've got uh, who else is Michael there? Michael, George, George Michael. No, so his lyric is somebody else singing. I think Sting sings it and then runs into the next bit that Sting does. Um, Stage bobbling around in the background. No, so Bono is not there. So for his iconic line, yeah. we've got somebody else singing over it. Who do you think it was? Oof, Bauer. No, you weren't fucking turned up. He weren't uh, there. No, he, he weren't there. Paul Waller. Yeah. Were it? Fucking hell, yeah. that were a proper guess, that, out of nowhere. I think yeah, I think yeah. the Beanie Feed of Sang here, and I thank God it's them. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it could be, could be that, it could be Bob Hoskins. Yeah. <laughs> um, Have you heard the 19, I think it's 1984, no, this is 1984, the second it's version. It's 1984, yeah. Yeah, you know the second version they did? The, I have uh, heard it, yeah, it's not quite, it's not as iconic, is it? But I have heard it, yeah. Stock Aiken and Waterman, isn't it, I think? Um like who, who did it and the, i think it's bros who do the uh to, and they do it so badly tonight obviously bono's bit tonight that got it yeah yeah of you and obviously but bros's goes tonight thank god it's them instead of you <laughs> but yeah but you couldn't do it the same could you because he made that his own who, who do you reckon would be like who would you give it to now someone the recording now they want an artist well they did recommend. redo it and he did that line again didn't they like they did it they did yeah because i think it were a bit of a thing weren't it like oh you can't get someone else to do the bono bit yeah oh we would get to do it now uh in my reef <laughs> put your hands up <laughs> 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 no who would you have it now i imagine uh, someone like sheeran would probably get the gig but he's not his voice is nowhere near strong enough um do you get daft punk doing it robot voice <laughs> that'd be amazing I don't, yeah, know, I, don't, I don't know. You'd have to go, Tell you you'd what, have to go I, I, big, wouldn't you? Would it be like a Taylor Swift or something like that? I've had to say Swifty or maybe like Lana Del Rey, but I don't know if that'd work. Like, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. I don't know. 
I don't know. Send us in. Send us in what you think. Uh, I'm surprised uh, on this one that Tony Hadley can have a crack at it. Uh, well, that, he's that dancing about in there. It looks quite cool in the background. Um, yeah. It was 1984, number one. It was the fastest selling single in UK history until Elton John's Candle in the Wind. Um, ah. Sold a million copies in its first week. Uh, and yeah. it was number one in 13 countries. Give me your fucking money. When we do a page. He's there, actually, Geldof. Um, oh, of course he's there. I, I didn't know this, by the way. Apparently, you know, I, I don't like Mondays again. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he'd written this song for the Boomtown Rats, but it wasn't actually called that. It was called It's My World. <laughs> it was called another uh, I Don't Like Mondays. It's very large, that, because he has got other eight. So I think Rat Race got to number one. But he's obviously so... There's that obviously on the last Live Aid, not Live Aid, where... He weren't going to sing, and he cuts the killer set short, and he come on, he goes, I had to do it. I had to come on. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, yeah, he definitely didn't. And Jordan, come on, did he sing in Vienna? At one time, I, he was one of my least favourite people, but I've, I've relaxed. Relax. I don't mind him quite so much now. Yeah, yeah like I said, he, he's get... there. Um, Simon Le Bon's there. Um, Spandau yeah. Ballet guys didn't bother. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is there. Iconic. I think well, we've covered most of it. Spandau Ballet were there. If Hadley were there, we're... Martin Kemp there? If he is, I didn't see him. Uh, Banana Rama. I think they're in it. Uh, we're, we're, oh, we're, we're Phil Collins there. Yeah, he's playing drums at the start. Uh, but then you don't see him again after that. He's playing the bloody drums, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of them you get a bit sick of, but it is, the first couple of times you hear it of the festive season, it is genuinely a, a really catchy, good song. I mean, Obviously, they did the Gavin and Stacey thing, didn't they, where they sort of phone each other singing along to it. But yeah, yeah, the, the intro is brilliant. And uh, if if you're wondering kind of why I played that that bit, it's because I think that was the the best bit in it. I like I like Paul Young's voice, and I, I really like that particular bit of the song. So yeah, that was my number two. Yeah, did you know Phil Collins played drums on the actual version of that as well? Like he, he didn't, he was just like messing about. He's, uh, he actually... he's playing drums now, I think. Do you know what I'd love to do if people can be bothered? I'd like to do it. Sort of like the most unlikely lineup of like who, who could do. Do you know what I mean? Like what would sound really good, like doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like what what kind of voice? Like Liam Gallagher. Do you know what well, I mean? In the peak, or you, can you choose? Yeah. Like, anyone really? Dorothy, like now would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But could well, you have yeah, any? yeah. I mean, like do you know what I mean? Like just people with like unique voices who who could do it. Um, Morrissey. Like tonight, thank God it's you could do well, actually, yeah. Um, anyway, my number three. This is a weird one. This double A size. Um, not really a Christmas. Well, it is because it's an ver- instrumental version of a traditional Christmas carol. And here we go. So this is 1975, Mike Oldfield um, in Dulce Jubilo and the other side were on horseback, which is a really good song, actually, but they never play that. Right, the reason I picked this is because I thought it'd probably time to bring these these girls into the equation. Mike Oldfield doesn't turn up for the Top of the Pops version of this, and he's uh, this song is danced to by Pan's People. Remember them? What, they just come on stage? They just dance on stage to his music? 
Right, well, so Pan's people, they were, all, they were obviously before our time, but from 1968 to 1976, what they used to do if they couldn't get like the artist to play. So, like, for instance, uh, the Wham song that we were on about, George Michael didn't turn up the top of the pops to sing it, so we can't have it. But what they'd have done is got them to dance to it on stage. So in this video for this, obviously Oldfield's not there. So they're just, you know, just dancing about to this song. It's almost like ballet dancing. It's really odd. Um, but obviously at the time, you could before music videos, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, in uh, 1976, uh, Lee Ward, uh, a girl called Lee Ward, left the group. She was reported as saying, with regard to the change of a mixed gender group, it's a big mistake because men rush home to watch sexy ladies they do not want to see men do you agree with that because they, they went to like an old you know what i mean like um both sexes all right um yeah i don't mind watching whoever wants to have a go but this is a good song by the way this is a again it's not one that you hear that much i don't think um and it's, it's instrumental and it's on oh, what's it called moon it's a good album to be honest, i don't think of this as a christmas song really well, it's, it is better. I mean, yeah, you could say that, but it is an instrumental version of a Christmas carol, uh, like a German Christmas carol. So it is. Yeah, by yeah. All no, I just never, I've never really associated it with Christmas. Like, I think, see it just more as like a party song, I think. I know what your favourite uh, Michael Phil song will be. Um, go on. In, line, in the in moonlight shadow. Ah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, we always used to sing. Carried away like a moonlight shadow, shadow. Yeah, it's obviously brilliant. off uh, Fast Show where Dave Angel is one of the best bits of Fast Show. That carried away in the moonlight shadow. Obviously, his most famous one though is uh, Tubular Bells, which is uh, obviously themed to Exorcist. And in America, he's like a one-hit wonder, but obviously, over he had a few more hits. I never it's sort a... of thought of Mike Oldfield as a as a person who goes and performs. I just thought it was kind of like. Um... I don't know who, who would I kind of liken them to, like a just a music it, producer, really. Yeah, I mean he, he sort of is. He's not really, he's not a singer. Um, he did the Blue Peter theme tune actually as well. Not not the original, but he redid it for him, like uh, the, you know, you know the Blue Peter theme tune. Um, but yeah, he, he was like he sort of got into pop in the eighties, but he's more of a progressive artist. By all accounts, he saved or made whichever way you want to. Look at it, Virgin Records for Mr. Branson, because Tubular Bells were that massive as a song that, um, it, you know, Virgin Records became one of the biggest record companies in the world. And look at him now, Branson, jetting off, mm-hmm. doing whatever what? he does. Well, he's, got, he's the only man, what is it? What, Richard, he's the only man in the Caribbean with a full-size snooker table going to my parish. Yeah, <laughs> although that, that was then, there might be more now. Might be more now. Anyway, what's your next one? This is one, I do think it's a good song, um, and it also kind of reminds me of something funny, um, but this is Mud and It's Lonely This Christmas. So I think this is a fantastic melody. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think it's like almost like a Baccarat type. It, it's really sort of gets you humming along to it. Um, I don't really know much about this one, actually. For some reason, I've not not researched this one. Not that I've done massive research on the other ones, but 
the reason that I like it <laughs> is because... They were rock band, weren't they, Mod? Uh, they did Tiger Theatre, was like the biggest other one. It, it reminds me of... So when we were working at Sainsbury's about 20 years ago, there was a, a girl there that, that liked me at the time and was okay. sort of trying to get me to go out for a drink, but I didn't want to. This is like, like a like a like a bow, so like right round to have. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it weren't. I'm just like. <laughs> pick this because yeah, <laughs> But because I didn't want to, like one of the blokes who worked with Sando kept going, "Why don't you just go for a drink with me?" I was saying, I, "I don't want to. I'm not bothered." So every time he kept on when I walk you past him singing, "Lonely this Christmas <laughs> without you to hold." So oh, yeah, just just make him smile. It's a pastiche isn't it, of Elvis. Um, this this one, like it's a bit of a joke song, I think. I've never, I've never really thought about it. Right, okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I presume, yeah, I think it's like his. Oh, right, is Elvis the actual song? No, 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 no. The song is mod. He sings it like Elvis, I think. Well, I'm sure, yeah. It's like a. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd have been stunned if I looked it up. It were Elvis, because I didn't know who'd done it actually. But yeah. Was there an English that. band? And it doesn't sound English, does it? It got to the morning, 1974. Um, it sold 750,000 copies to get to number one. Uh, bit... written... Sorry, go on. Now, written by Nicky Chin and Mike Chapman. <laughs> Sounds I've like brilliant to a double like, like detective, double like, doesn't it? Nicky Chin and Mike <laughs> Chapman. Nicky Chin and Mike Chapman. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> this is good. And it was a third number one single that year for the Chinny Chap writing and production team. <laughs> Shitty chaps, brilliant, absolutely amazing. They're right. I look at a picture of them now. They look like uh, you know creme brulee off League <laughs> <Like a> Gentlemen. <laughs> it's a yeah. shit business. Yeah, mod. I've got a lot of time for that song. I think uh, mod, but yeah. Um, right. So my next one is this is actually the last number one single ever with Christmas in the title outside of the re-release. Do they know it's Christmas one? And uh. This is a man who has had a bit of a run-in with uh, Richard Maidler before. This is Shaking Stevens. What's the actual title of this song? This this is actually called um, Merry Christmas Everyone. All right, okay. I think I would have thought it was called Snow Is Falling. No, Snow Is Falling. I think this is a brilliant song. I think this is by far Shaking Stevens' best song. Uh, This were actually planned to release the the, the previous year, 1984, but he held off because of Do They Know It's Christmas. And it was pissed off because Stephen Shake Stephen was not asked to contribute to that song. So he he knew he couldn't beat it to number one, so he waited a year. Yes, he waited a year, so he had it like he had it ready, and then he said, "Well, they don't even fucking ask me to go on there." Bollocks to him! I'll fucking I'll get number one next year then. Um, Yeah, so um, Shake Shake did that. I think it's a good song, this. I don't know about you. Yeah, I do like it. Yeah, the thing with a lot of these. they're always the same, aren't they? Like first week in December, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, love that. By the end of it, you are kind of a bit sick of hearing the same songs, really. But uh, yeah, I, I do like it. It is. If I was doing a say Christmas top twenty or something like that, it, it would definitely be on there. Well, a reason I, I picked this, um, or one of the main reasons I picked it, is I'm sure most people have heard this 
um, before, but <laughs> there were a meme going around uh, a long, long time ago or a video. Uh, I think it was originally titled Shaking Junkie Stevens. And it's basically a guy absolutely hammered in the daylight, seems hammered, doing this song. And I'm going to play it now. Brilliant. Um, no, I hadn't heard that before. That's crazy. Is, is, he, is he trying to be funny or is he clearly drunk? No, apparently I looked a little bit into him and uh, apparently he does this quite often. He's, he's a bit a bit by the sounds of a bit of a drunkard. Um, yeah, and he just like sort of does like Elvis and Shaking Stevens songs. He does the twists and everything. If you're not, if you haven't seen the video, it's playing Shaking Junkie Stevens. Um, it'll come out, but people use it in like memes and stuff, and they'll say me when I've been out all night and come in to my mum's house for Christmas dinner, like round a party, Brazilian So good, absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, one of my uh, one of my go-to Christmas videos every year. Rightly, what's your last one? No, I've got I've got two left. Oh yes, I went first. I I apologise. Sorry. Let's play the song first. This is a brilliant song, by the way. I'll play it. I'm I'm guessing everyone will know what it is, but I'll play the song and I'll tell you what it is after. We got yet to have him. I mean, I was, I was going to have mistletoe and wine, but I didn't. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I debated that because I loved the mistletoe and wine when I was a kid. My grandma used to make me sing it all the time. Um, but even then, I still loved it. But yeah, this is genuinely a really good song. It's not one that yeah, it it gets like loads and loads of airtime because he's sort of become a little bit of a joke, I suppose. But it, it's not just that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Mistletoe and wine is the one that everyone goes to, but this is. For me, this is a much better song. And the Saviour's Day. Yeah, it's, it's genuinely really good. This, if you if you kind of not heard it and or not for a while, it's definitely worth a re-listen around this time of year. Um, it was his second number one. Obviously, Mr. Tom Wine was the first, and this was number one now, in nineteen ninety. Second number one. Christmas number one. No, it was <laughs> oh second Christmas shit! Sorry. Right. I thought. Oh right. I thought you meant fucking hell. It's like young ones, surely. Um, it was written by. Sorry. It was written by Chris Eaton, um, who took the song to him. He took it round to see Cliff Richard. And Richard said, so, sorry, I'm booked up next year. He'd got all his tracks sort of already booked in, so he couldn't do it. Yeah. But this uh, Eaton insisted that they listen to it. So they went out to Cliff Richard's Rolls Royce and, and played it in the car. And he immediately liked it and predicted it. This could be a number one. I'm just re- reading about it now. <clears throat> he recorded it in a studio in Wimbledon. Was obviously, he's really renowned in it for being. Uh, yeah. We're all going on. The best Super Barker were there. 
Oh, Sue Barker being there. Well, I have to play a clip, Liam. You know what clip I'm going to play. Yeah, so, well, one of us was we're going to play. If you didn't want to play it, I was going to play it, yeah. A couple of years ago, Cliff Richard did a Christmas album, and to promote it, <laughs> this, this, is what he, just, this is what he said. Hi there. There's just one week to go until Christmas with Cliff hits the shelves. Please, pre-order it now. I really need your help. I fucking think he's one of the greatest ever, ever. Sincerity in. I really need your help. (laughs) (laughs) Please pre-order it now. I really need your help. (laughs) I was in tears. The person who who originally shared that clip, I don't know if it's the same one that that we've used for this, but remember they said something like, uh, it's like he's he's being kidnapped and held hostage. I really need your help. (laughs) People say like he's a, I don't know, like gang, he owes loads of money to gangsters (laughs) and stuff, so he needs it to get to number one. Please pre-order it now. Uh, But this is that, that, what he's talking about there is Christmas with Cliff. And I sent you this, Liam. This blew my mind, this. So Christmas with Cliff, a couple of years ago, uh, got to number two, actually, in the Charles Good Good Effort from Cliff this this time of his career. He's filmed a video, I think, for every single track on this album. And they're all just like old Christmas songs, like Jingle Bell Rock or, you know, uh, When a Child is Born and all that sort of stuff. But they're all filmed. Every video is just him in his house, on his own, in a room. Just yeah. jigging about, like he's so honestly. I was see, like he's sort of fireplace and mantelpiece in background, and he's just dancing about in his house singing. And his voice is not great by this time. I mean, no. it, it was a good singer, but it, it, it's a bit desperate, isn't it? The, the sleigh ride one, it sounds like like a heavy rock. I don't, sleigh rides ringing, and <laughs> I don't know because his voice is going. It sounds really croaky. So he sounds like <laughs> I don't know. He's just like. Mm. It's a and bit like one of the sort of Buble type things where he's just done a compilation of Christmas songs. I, I love like Buble, by the way. I know a lot don't, but I love how it's that kind of like Sinatra style of you just change it a tiny bit. It's like uh, rocking around the old Christmas tree, having a great party. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just change it a tiny bit. Like I, I, I just love that sort of style of singing. If I advise anyone to put in Christmas with Cliff on YouTube, and watch the videos of the songs from this album because they just, it's, I don't know, it's just like when someone's had a few too many, you think, I don't know, I'll, I'll film myself singing or something like that. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's like uh, Grandad were drinking again last night, weren't he? Like, you've seen, he sent some picture of himself singing. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of Cliff Richard, like as a, as a man. Um, I think he's done some really good songs. I think it's so funny how we don't talk anymore. It's really good. Devil Woman, obviously. Wired for Sound. That's but, wired, wired for Sound's probably my favourite. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant song. Brilliant song. He's on roller skates, isn't he, on the video. But I think Ricky Gervais summed him up really well, actually, where he said everything he's, every time he speaks, there's a boast in there about, you know, about him. So obviously he's been in the news recently for calling Elvis fat. But again, it's just a bit of a boast, like, I refuse to meet Elvis. Do you know what I mean? Everything he yeah. does is, well, I created rock and roll in England. No, you didn't. You just fucking nicked Elvis's act. So, got no time for him as a man, but he is well, Christmas just, just on his, uh, if you actually watch the Top of the Pops video that he did, it's from 1990. Mm. I mean, he, he was probably about 50 then, but it looks quite cool then. Like, it, it's sort of sad that he's not grown old sort of gracefully, has he? He's still trying to, to be that man, but he's like 33 he's, years older. I think it's possible he's had work done. Um, it's possible, yeah. 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 I really, really need your help. I really need your help. <laughs> Hey, God, I really need your help. Um, yeah, like I say, I just, just, just not my. I don't know. Obviously, Harry Webb, 
his real name. Did you know he's got dual citizenship, William, in the United Kingdom Look and Barbados? All right. Yeah, so it could so be that's... like a tax haven thing. No, no. Right, so my last one. Um, I had to have this. It is overplayed. And when it comes on, I, I, but, but I had to have it. And I'm going to play the very, very start. In fact, I'm going to play the first verse from the chorus because the beginning is fantastic. This is Slade. Merry Christmas, everyone. I had to have it because would you say it's the most famous Christmas song? Uh, to, probably to, to all generations, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe White Christmas, I would say, is its, its only rival. But I think if you ask a lot of kids now, it might not be. But if, if you're talking sort of grandparents, parents, kids all the way through, yeah, this is probably right up there. Yeah, JP did us a cover it, didn't he, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I love the harmon uh, the harmonium at the start. Is it how you pronounce it? Anyway. Do you know the, the harmonium? Har- uh, harmonium. Is that what you pronounce it? What is it? What does it do? You know what I mean. What what, what does it look like? What is it? Harpsichord? No, it's like do you know harmonium. the beginning? You know the, the you know the very beginning bit of the song? Um Yeah. No, I don't. I obviously right. do. So it's, it's basically what it is is like a a, re- a really old fashioned keyboard, a, like an organ, like an organ, like a, a really old fashioned one. Um, dun, 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 dun. it's like a pump organ basically. Anyway, it was anyway. the same one that used on Mind Games by uh, John Lennon as well, uh, because it was being recorded uh, the next day. But yeah, this song obviously by Slade, uh, written by Noddy Older and Jim Lee. It's Slade's last number one single, but by far their biggest selling single. I'd like to know if he's a millionaire on the back of this, Donnie Older. Oh, yeah, asking? I mean, it goes around every year, doesn't it? Like what people make off these songs. But yeah, it, it will be. There's there's so much sort of money generated by the airplay these songs get at Christmas. I'm going to write one one day. We're going to write one. Yeah, and, I've, and become, I've often like, thought about writing one. I think you could just retire. Yeah, just retire after it. Like, that's all, all you need to do is shout, it's Christmas. I think it's a bit more to it than that, but yeah, I think I think we could probably write one. Well, it was actually written in 1967, but not as a Christmas tune. Let's see if you think this works. So the, the chorus actually went, Buy me a rocking chair to watch the world go by. Buy me a looking glass, I'll look you in the eye. No, it sounds a bit sort of... Beatles psychedelic, like almost like it is very psychedelic, isn't it? Yeah, it no, is very it, psychedelic. It worked. No, by, yeah, by the way, just on that, I was writing Christmas number one. Yeah, I, I, I think I've told you this. 
I have written a song for Ollie Mules, but I don't think he's ever oh, yeah. gonna play it. So we could use no, that. No, no. You should say, well, it's not really Christmas, is it? We should no, no, we'll do it like that. We'll change the lyrics so like that. Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're obviously um. It's really weird to think that it might have not been a Christmas song, isn't it, in an alternative real life? You can't yeah, we imagine it not being a Christmas song, can you? Yeah, it's uh, really weird. Really, really odd. We should see what with Mike Parry, because obviously he's... I think he's still got dreams of having a Christmas number one, aren't they, with a, an, a, an I Am The Walrus theme... No, I Am The Walrus-influenced song. Uh, Mike think... Parry have a number one? Do you think he's got enough like, of a fan base? He's quite sort of cultish, isn't he? Pro- probably not. It'd be a bit like <clears throat> Bite Off Office, where... I think like me and you buy loads of copies for his mates and no one listens to him. <laughs> it's like to get him. Me, you and Major Charles buy like a few hundred each. Yeah, a few hundred copies. Um, yeah, this was another one, by the way, that were included on the Jive Bunny uh, thing, you know, the, the, the Let's Party um, single. So that, I remember it from that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's a classic. It's boring now in the sense that you keep hearing it. But I think, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think, I mean... Spoiler alert, none of us are having Wizard, which is probably one of the, the other most famous ones, but I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Um, yeah, and I know I think, what you mean. It's not, it's as iconic, but it's not as good a song. Mm. So I think I had to have this, and I think you have to have the final one that you're about to have as well. Yeah, well, you you phoned me up actually when we first discussed doing it and said, are you having it or am I having it? And I instantly knew what you meant, and I said, I'd, I'd quite like to have it. So of course it's there if you if you weren't thinking surely they've got to have that yeah we absolutely have and quite fit in time as well because he passed away yesterday Shane McGowan so this is without doubt a bit cliche but the, the best Christmas song that's been written I thought you were going to play uh, Don't Let the Bells End by Darkness when you're building it up like that, but no. It's, uh, like it's alright. Don't let the bells end. Um, yeah, brilliant, obviously. Like the, we've done this at karaoke in Spain in July. Uh, that's how much we like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah br- absolutely brilliant song. And, and like I say, it's, it's become the the obvious thing, and it? it's like, I, I remember this coming out and I would have been five. Uh, so this was just let me check that yeah 1987 so yeah. we would have been five I remember it coming out and I remember my dad sort of telling me oh that there's a brilliant Christmas song out and it kind of became when it came on for the first few years oh, this is your dad's favorite mm-hmm. but I think every household in the UK was saying that and now and now Jerry says it's our kid oh your dad's favorite song I think yeah. it, I, you know I don't know whether that's just a male thing I'm assuming there are mums that like it too, but yeah, it's certainly well, in my experience, well. it's your dad's favourite. Yeah, obviously, as well, as you, you you very rarely mention, you are Irish and so is your dad, so, you know, you've got... Oh, got well, I'm not, actually, my dad is. I, oh, I, yeah, I, I, I do mention that a lot. I don't I don't like people who constantly <laughs> say the half Irish. I, I'm born in England, but my dad is Irish. In Irish blood, English heart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant song. You didn't get to number one, did it? Which is weird. 
No, released twice and neither time it got there. The first time, to be fair, it was kept off by a great song. Do you know what it was? Was it Pet Shop Boys? Correct. You were yeah. always on my Fuck mind. To be honest, you for me. You were always on my mind. For me, that is probably a better song. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. It's definitely arguably the best cover song of all time. Or one of, anyway. I think if they played every year, though, they played You Were Always On My Mind. You might get a bit fed up with that as well. Yeah, true, true. Uh, written by Jem Finer and Shane McGowan. Yeah. And obviously Kirsty McCall on vocals. Uh, yeah, brilliant. I, I love the pose anyway, but I just think it's such a good song. The video was brilliant. Um, the top of the pops. Really, I mean, he's clearly drunk, which I, I know that's no surprise to anyone. Like, <laughs> but, but he's not, is he? Not, not Shane McGowan. It's kind of his presumably sort of big TV debut. I don't know whether they had any oh, other. No, song. no. I mean, this is off. This, this is on the album. If I shall fall from grace, from God, which I. I think it's the biggest album. The, the, the one before that got the biggest, like, got loads of acclaim, Rum, rum Sodomy and The Lash. But I think this was his peak, basically, yeah, the, the, this around this well, era. And, and it's almost like the way he's miming is, do you know, like, when you sometimes, sort of kids do it sometimes, it's quite annoying, when they're, they're trying to talk at the same time as you and, and they're trying to say what you're saying and they just capture the last bit of, of the word. Like, they'll just <laughs> say the last bit. It's like he's got no idea what the next lyric is. But then he'll sort yeah. of, like, go... Uh, Christmas. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned before that we, we've seen them live, and I think everyone who's seen the pose, like certainly the latter, latter era of the career, you, you didn't really know if you were going to get a good night and a bad night. And I genuinely feel so happy that we got a good night of him because I think if it'd be, I saw, I've seen him after I watched him with you, and it were awful. Um, I'm really glad that we got to see him, you know on a really, really good night when we saw him live. And although it was Christmas and they finished with this, obviously. So. Yeah, and, and brilliant. And, and yeah, like genuine as well. It's kind of, I, I know kind of it was expected. I think he was helpful really bad at the end. But yeah, it is sad. I think he was a real talent. And this is undeniably a brilliant song. Is it your favourite ever Pogue song? No. No, definitely not. I, it's probably, would it be top five? Interesting. Uh, it might squeeze in at four or five. Uh, Rainy Night Show was my favourite. Pair of Brown Eyes would be second. Uh, I like Waltz and Matilda. That's probably number three. Might come in at number four, I think. I like uh, If I Should Fall from Grace from God, Where No Doctor Can Relieve Me, and Sick Medical Colour. It's loads, fucking loads. Boy of an American. Might get into them. As ever, when someone dies, you, you start listening to the music a little bit more, don't you? But Do that you is. When, a- um, obviously, you went to see him. I know you just mentioned it, but. We were sort of dancing around singing, and, and I, I know quite a few of their songs, so singing along to them. But I could see the, the sort of real hardcore fans when it got to the Irish Rover. Yeah. Um, like really sort of watching my mouth to see if I knew the lyrics as I was singing along. <laughs> um, and I, did, I didn't, obviously, know little bits of it, but I didn't at all. So I was sort of trying to trying to sort of hide my, turn my face away and stuff. But I could see like one or two really sort of like, oh, yeah, you've sung along to a couple, but do you know all of them? Do you know the word? Absolutely. Do you think Ray Keane knows the words to all the Pogue songs? Uh, there's no way I can learn all the lyrics to that. <laughs> I think he's overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I can imagine he probably probably is a fan, but he don't like sort of cliched Irishness, does he? So he might he no. might not. Uh, yeah, great, great, great way to end. He's, it. he's a grown man and he's sung a song. That's what his job is. <laughs> I'm the 
Right, so that's the Christmas songs done. Oh, you've enjoyed that. That's episode seven. Episode eight. I'm glad we've got to do this because we got a, a message asking us to do one of the inside number nine uh, Christmas specials, didn't we? And we were going to do it, but there's a particular episode of Inside Number Nine that Liam really wants to cover. Yeah, I think, I think you mentioned this last episode. Yeah, we're, we're holding that back for something else. Yeah, so we're not going to do Inside Number Nine, but as a sort of a a, a, a sorry. <laughs> Um, like a, you know, um, stick with us. Thanks for the the the, thanks the uh, Yeah, thanks, thanks for the for the suggestion. Uh, then our plays pod asked me to do this as well, and I thought, why not? So we're gonna do as the next episode the League of Gentlemen Christmas special. I've never seen it. You've certainly never seen it. Um, and I'm I don't know if I've it. seen it or not. I'm not. I don't know if when I watch it, I'm gonna think, oh yeah, I have seen this. But because I'm surprised I haven't watched it. That's I don't know why I wouldn't have watched it. Same here, same here. I, I, League of Gentlemen Christmas special from twenty uh, seventh of December two thousand. It's on iPlayer. Um, I think it's the last episode of series two. I'm looking at the hypnosis for it, and I don't remember this at all. And I thought I'd seen every single League of Gentlemen. Yeah, uh, well, episode. same, same. I've, you know, I, I am a fan. I thought I'd watched all the stuff. Don't remember anything sort of a Christmas episode. But I, I'm wondering if when I start watching, that, I think, ah, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, of course. So, yeah, so that's what we're covering next. Uh, thanks again, Liam, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Merry Christmas. I really need your help. If uh, anyone wants to get in touch with us, send us anything, find us on Twitter at livingwithmade1, or you can send us an email at livingwithmadely at outlook.com. Living